Hey everyone, welcome to More Than Meets These Guys. This podcast is a journey through Transformers from the beginning of the animated series with two old friends coming at it from different perspectives. Together, we will go episode by episode with the occasional extra to look at how the show holds up or if it's a trap of nostalgia. We'll be looking at all things involved in the episode, whether there are real-world factors that crept into the writing or the episode was typical afternoon cartoon fodder. I'm Evan. I'm the lifelong fan. He's familiar with all aspects of the franchise. While Ed here is familiar with Transformers, but it was really nothing he was really into when he was younger. So uh, thanks so much for joining us. And Ed, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Um, first of all, uh, I just wanted to say thanks to everybody for the, everybody that joined us uh, for the episode one of Subdivisions, uh, which was our our side show we did last week. Um, we had a blast doing that, and I hope that even like one person checked out Area Eighty Eight, which is the show that we that we covered. Uh, and it tended. Oh, okay. oh, right on, right on. Yeah, oh yeah, that, yeah. He did he did post that, so that's that's awesome. I, and I, and anyone that uh, checked that, I hope you enjoyed it on on some level. Um, we definitely look forward to doing more of those uh, in the future. Um, related to that, yeah, related to that though, uh, a friend of the show Jamal messaged me and said, "Dude, I literally jumped when I was listening to the latest episode when the music started, and halfway in, you go subdivisions." <laughs> the, the, the voice got me. It was like Optimus Prime just randomly saying subdivisions. <laughs> so I found this MIDI file of the uh, of the actual song subdivisions by Rush. Um, found a little piece in there where uh, Getty says subdivisions or whoever does, and yeah, it was perfect, man. Um, so it turned out that he didn't get the Rush reference in that. Oh, and uh, so if <laughs> yeah, so if, if any of you out there were wondering, um, that is a Rush a Rush reference. And uh, not only are we both big uh, fans of Rush, but I think they're probably the biggest band where our musical tastes overlap. Um, what, what's weird is that like you and I like a lot of the same music the same yeah. types of music, but we love a lot of different bands. And yeah. so like, uh, yeah, so like the, the overlap sometimes isn't, you know, we both love like, you know, like progressive rock and, and punk rock and, and metal and stuff, but it's like the bands that, that are, our, are our bands aren't mm. necessarily the same Venn diagram. So like, I mean, so if we were to like newlywed game it right now and, <laughs> and list each other's like favorite bands, I mean, I, I would say for you, I, I would say, uh, yes, yes. Uh, I'll I'll give you a formal uh, proposition uh, down the road. Um, if uh, if I were to say yours, I would probably go Tom Waits, mm, Faith No More, Bad Religion. Mm. Uh, this is a long shot. Um, I'm gonna, and I think I, I mean I've, I've, we've been friends for like twenty something years. I I, I want to say Queensrÿche. And then nope. and then and then probably rush. I mean, does that does that list like if like I mean maybe not your that, favorite favorite bands, but I mean I mean would those be like like top? Those those would be like I don't know maybe top. A lot of those would be in the top ten to fifteen. Okay. Um, I I had a I've had a big uh, surge of the neo folk kind of uh, music. You know the um like one of my favorite bands period is Fleet Foxes. Mm-hmm. Really good clean. Uh, really talented musicians. Um, you know, like the music is just it's it's really good. Uh, but yeah, Tom Waits definitely, Leonard Cohen, uh, Nick Cave. I see. I wanted to say Nick Cave, but like, because most people that like Tom Waits really like Nick Cave. Also, it's or, like a holy triumvirate or something. Yeah, and also with Leonard Cohen. Yeah, I can totally yes. see that. Um, but a lot of times you you like 
there are some people out there that like one or the other. Like they're a, like they're a big fan of of Leonard Cohen or they're a big fan of Nick Cave. So I, I personally, I have never in my life listened to a Nick Cave record. I've always meant to, but it's one of those things that it's um it, it's it's he's almost kind of hard to get into because like there's a lot out there and I I don't really know where to start with uh, yeah. With I mean Nick honestly Cave. with him, I I would tell you where to listen and uh, what to avoid because some of his um his later music I just can't get into because. Mm-hmm. As um, I kind of feel like in, in a way he lost the plot, but he does a lot with uh, Warren Ellis with soundtracks, and he's awesome right. soundtrack you know, composer. Mm-hmm. Really great stuff. Uh, one of my favorite movies, um, the assassination assassination of uh, Jesse James, James by the coward yeah. Robert Ford. They right. did the entire soundtrack for that. Oh, cool! It is awesome. It is a beautiful yeah. movie, beautiful music. But yeah, I mean, there there are so many bands I you know I'll I'll list I'll come back to. My first um, love bands was actually Queen's Rake. But, you know, they, they came out with Empire like when we were in high school. I want to say 92, 93 came out. I don't know. Maybe I may be a little off. I think it, it was a little, little, maybe a little bit before that, I think. But but see, the, the thing is, is that you see that that's interesting that you say that because, mm-hmm. you know, there's that whole thing with like, you know, if you love music, you've never loved a, fa- a band like you love your favorite band from when you were 16. Because it's, you know, a lot of times favorite things are are, are like it's important it, it, as it's as important as when you discover things as what you discover a lot of times yeah. so yeah, yeah. um and i'll yeah. tell you then honestly um that's that's what's probably brought them out of my tops because mm-hmm. um, jeff tate the singer he got a little douchey <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah i've heard i've never been a huge, huge fan of him but yeah I can, yeah well I can and same that. thing like um you know i, I love faith and more i know you like him a lot too but you've never listened to an album which is kills me i don't understand that at all I've I've in my life probably listened to three Faith and More songs. Uh, probably that's Epic, the, the real thing, and that cover of War Pigs. And I think that's all I've this ever heard. Um, my first CD I ever got was uh, Angel Dust, which is their. Um, that was the one after. Uh, yeah, it was after, after uh, the real the real thing. But uh, the real thing, yeah. I have a lot of friends that uh, are big Faith and More fans that say that that's the superior album out of out of their. Oh, album. by far, yeah. superior musically, is superior. It's like. Cotton. Mike Patton, thank you. Right. Mike Patton kind of found his groove with uh, writing and how he um, how he comes to the music because it, it the first like the real thing almost feels like a like a weird '90s uh, pop hip hop um, uh, white kid uh, album, and get, but this also got some really cool um, like like I don't know blues influences on it, and oh. uh, but yeah, then you go into the uh, into the Angel Dust. It's a complete album to me. It is really a good album. It, and I've had that original CD still. You know, it's, I don't listen to CDs much anymore, but usually stream stuff. But I mean, still got it. But it's, yeah, uh, yeah great music. I mean, I, I you, I would have a hard time figuring out because you. If you just, I mean, if you just rattled off, if you just rattled off five, like, because uh, okay. I, I, I thought, I, I thought Cube? about this. What's up? Ice Cube. Ice Cube? Yeah. Don't you love Ice Cube? I, mean, I like Ice Cube, but uh, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd ever. When put... I ask you about music a lot, you're like, "Yeah, man, I'm really into hip hop right now, some and some, uh, some uh, you know, heavy, uh, heavy rap, man. I've been listening to Ice Cube. I fucking love, you know. But that's Ice um, Cube? yeah. You... Uh, yeah okay. Wu Tang is my is my go-to not, for. Like me some uh, Wu Tang for uh, for hip hop, but uh, yeah, you I mean, know, I like I like Ice Cube, but um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I have them on yeah. like mixes, but I don't think I, I don't. Um, you're talking about like um, like for you, um, God, let's see. I would, I mean, I would definitely say yes. 
Yeah, I can. Yeah, I would. That's the thing. You're hard to read, man. I, yeah, I, oh, I know. I know. I, mean, I, I was just, I was just, I'm just, just curious. Yeah. yeah, you know, I would, I would say, oh, misfits. Yeah, uh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Nope. Your your um, music your music cha- tastes change. Like you, you're very cyclical. Yeah, that that is. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. I mean, like, oh, yeah. I, I mean, you could have. Yeah, um, you're like ADHD of music, honestly. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean like, I mean, you could literally say Black Sabbath, Wilco, oh, yeah. Radiohead, Black Flag. Uh, uh, yeah, craft uh, work. I mean, you could have said any of that. It would have been. It would have been oh, uh, 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 Future Islands. Who? Future Islands. I don't think I've ever heard Future Islands. I don't even know who that is. Oh gosh. I've, yeah. I've played music from them before. You're like, oh, I, mean, I love that song. Uh, maybe, maybe I do. I don't know. Um, I, uh, it, there's just too much out there. I can't remember. There is. It's it's kind of it's a nice thing about it's kind of the uh, the negative and the positive of having uh, music so easily streamable now is a lot of it can be forgotten. It's it, there's just too much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, um, like, you're talking about having out al- um, vinyls of only the albums you really like or the bands you really like. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I've kind of done the same thing. Like we we got a lot of uh, vinyls from. Uh, from my wife's uh, previous uh, divorce. Um, but uh, we also have a bunch of my own, you know, some Tom Waits, uh, some Nick Cave. I've got a, I've got a, a Gore's latest album, which I, 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 oh. I will tell people. I know they're a joke band in a way, but they are putting out some of the best metal uh, in the last, you know, 10, 15 years. They've got, you've they've say, got yeah, you've been saying that for a long time too, man. Violence has um, arrived onward. Yeah. Good music, man. Um, but so, you know, even though uh, Dave Brocky and Odorous died, um, I, the band's still putting out really good music. So, yeah, I would say that definitely. But yeah, but yeah like with you, you you have a much broader, um, you know, palette as far as music goes. And so, um, you know, but this it's funny that, you know, you really you're like, yeah, you know, name of bands I have listened to probably five to ten years. Mm. But, yeah, yeah. Tom Waits is always yeah, I figured that. Um, but see, the, the whole thing though got me thinking about the whole concept of favorite, favorite mm-hmm. things, like favorite, favorite anything. Like cause a lot of times, it, it's hard to just declare that something is your favorite of a certain thing. Oh yeah, like, like especially uh, you know narrowing down. Like I mean, like for food, for for example, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I can tell you my favorite sandwich in town, and I can tell you my favorite pizza in town. I mean, I can absolutely tell you my two favorite, my two favorite of each one of those. Oh, but um, no. Uh, no, but my favorite sandwich is from the is uh, is the Captain Turk uh, from from the Elbow Room, um, which is rosemary roasted turkey, uh, Swiss cheese, honey mustard, Granny Smith apples. Gosh, gosh, on, fr- on, fr- on a French roll, yeah, absolutely delicious. Uh, that's my favorite sandwich in town. Favorite pizza in town is actually a Ponderosa stop. It's a it's a barbecue chicken pizza with cream cheese, bacon, mm. and jalapenos. Like so, I can tell you those those are both my favorite of each respective category of food but i couldn't tell you that one of those is definitely my favorite over the other you know know, it's the whole you know whole concept or whatever but um by that nature i couldn't really say that like rush is my favorite band or like mastodon is my favorite band either um Mm -hmm. i I will say that i have a favorite song i can tell you i have a favorite song ever um it's don't fear the reaper Actually, it's my favorite song. Great song. I'll tell you, it is, a, it is a great song. What is your favorite song of all time? Uh, it's honestly, and I I know it's an easy one to go to. It's uh, "Hallelujah" by Leonard Cohen. It yeah. is. People say it's the most perfect song ever written, but it always changes. Depends on who's singing it. Uh, and I know, um, is it? I can't. I can't remember who made it. Uh, really, really big. The Jeff Jeff, Bu- Jeff Buckley. Jeff Buckley. Thank you. Yeah, he yeah. made it like into really got into the zeitgeist with him. But I like Leonard Cohen's. 
just because he has a certain I don't know sadness or something to his his, his singing. Leonard Cohen's is so much better than Jeff Buckley's. I, 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 I'm not I'm not a fan of Jeff. I'm not a much of a fan of Jeff Buckley, but, but he um, made it famous. So right. yeah, but um, I love a lot of songs. So you know, if you were to say you know it's your favorite, you know, top ten, like that would take me a while. Oh, it take I would take. I, I don't think I could. Yeah. I don't think I could do it. Um, but on the, other thing, on the other hand, I can say uh, you know, and I have said on the show that uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite movie. And but see, I think the entire concept about it is kind of comforting. Uh, yeah. Since it really takes a certain level of self-awareness and confidence to just go ahead and declare that I, I like this one thing better than all other things in this field. That's, you know, you, you, sometimes you need time as a perspective to be able to do this. Like if something comes out, like like if a movie came out last week and I said, that's my absolute favorite movie of all time. Like, <laughs> no, you can't. Like you can't. I don't think you can say that. Um, anyway, that was just really like a really long way for me to get around to asking you uh if you have an absolute favorite transformer and if so who is it god are you talking like a character wise yeah or i mean, I mean a, a, like a, is there like a toy that, that is your favorite that's that uh, honestly it changes all the time exactly, but, uh, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. okay i would have told you fair favorite character um and he hasn't come into this yet so uh hot rod just because his um his in, in the transformers the movie in 1986 I was discussing with, with this with someone recently. There is a, I don't know, the um, the um, hero's journey mm-hmm. with him. They actually, you know, they rode in the hero's journey all the way into the season three, which people, you know, hated it because he was, he looked incompetent. He's like, he took over and when uh, they killed off in his prime in the movie. And so. Spo- he, spoiler. Oh, if, you, if you're spoiled from a 1986. I've, I've never seen Transformers the movie. Uh, We've talked about this before. <laughs> but well, uh, there, well, that goes outside. That, that goes outside. Oh, stop! doing this now. We're done. All right. Uh, no, um, he, he took over, <laughs> and um, he was really bad at it. But it's the whole idea of the hero's journey. It's uh, he essentially pulled the sword from the stone. Right. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, that's the whole. Uh, yeah. We talked about that during the Area Eighty episode of yeah. the, the the anime trope of the, the the Ace getting killed halfway through the series, so that the young guy can. Yeah, and there's the, cool, there's so. the um, there was the obvious you know, faint. Things like that, but we can get into that later. But okay. I think now this is funny because this is a direct result to doing the show, as I would say, Starscream is because um, <laughs> this episode really kind of cemented it at home when I went back and watched this. He is a lot smarter than people give him credit for. He's written as a smart, much smarter character. Mm-hmm. He um, he is yes, he's deceitful. He's he's uh, you don't you don't trust him. But uh, I mean, I think in the, in the old grain aspect of things, he had the right right motivations. He's a science man, we find out in this episode. Yes, he's not, let's not, let's not get let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Um, which so. makes me really like the character a lot more. Oh uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, never really got it until um we started doing this again. Huh. So Very yeah. cool. It may change next week. We'll see. I am gonna, gonna touch base with you next episode. Yeah. We're gonna find out. So uh, <laughs> so yeah, no uh no weird intro. I, I could have made a smoke on the water uh, joke there, but uh, <laughs> I, I decided to forego it. Um but, but yeah, I so, do a- well, I was telling you about this earlier. I want to give a little um little background here because this is uh, Fire in the Sky we're getting ready to go into. And Fire That's in the right, Sky yes. is the actual um introduction of uh Jeff Fire or Skyfire, sorry. This whole thing with that too. So I'm gonna read I'm gonna go over this real quick timeline of uh, my friend, um longtime, you know, um fandom friend, uh Black Zerak from the uh Axelon Underground. Uh he um Made a nice infographic that I'm going to use, and I'll, let me see if I can post the infographic in our in our Discord if people want to you know look at it. So I want to go. Originally, the character of um, what became Jetfire's toy was originally named Fireball. 
So April wow. 30th of 1984, Hasbro briefing a binder in the Hasbro briefing binder, kind of their Bible for the Transformers brand. Fireball's name was changed to Jeffire. Character model matched the toy. So their character model on the show is going to be like a, a, a Valkyrie. Okay. But, you know, 10th of May, 1984, the television series Bible Jetfire has a note that below that says Jetfire has been changed to Skyfire with a new model to, due to legal reasons. So uh, Harmony Gold said you can't use that. So mm-hmm. there was a whole thing with that. You know, Harmony Gold and um, I, was it Bandai? Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah Bandai, Bandai made the original uh, Valkyrie. Yeah. And, toy, so yeah. Yeah. And uh, they're not to use the character unless necessary for small scenes. Um, but the character model in the series at this point still looked like the uh, like the toy. Second okay. of July, nineteen eighty four, first draft of Fire on the Mountain is submitted, which um, which is the uh, next episode that comes in after this. Um, character is called Skyfire in the script. There's a note in the part where Sideswipe and Wheeljack are freeing him from the ice that Jetfire is incorrectly named Skyfire throughout the rest of the script, and the instances of Skyfire in the new script have Sky scribbled out with Jet written in. So there, there's complete confusion because the toy is called Jetfire. The character is named Skyfire. Mm-hmm. And uh, for July 9th, 1984, first draft of Fire in the Sky is submitted and the character's name is listed as Jetfire. July 19th, 1984, final revised uh, draft of Fire in the Sky is submitted. Character's name is still listed as Jetfire even in the revised portion. So back again. So in the updated dialogue script that came after, the character's name is changed to Skyfire. So we're back this way again. 29th of November 1984 script for Day of the Machines, which is a later episode, is uh, submitted, and the character is named Skyfire. 6th of December 1984, the revised script is for Day of the Machines is submitted, and the character's name remains Skyfire. So we, we're cool now. And 8th of December uh, 1984 episode, Fire in the Sky airs, and the character is named Skyfire. So it goes into the lexicon as Skyfire at that point. Oh, Skyfire. So he was never called Jetfire in the show. Not in the show. Uh, December 22nd. Okay. <laughs> the episode of Fire of the Mountain airs where he's also called Skyfire. 85, Hasbro's Toy Fair catalog lists the toy as Jetfire. And <laughs> February 7th, 1985, series update memo from Flint, Dill, Flint Dilly uh, mentions Jetfire by name alongside Cosmos and Pyroglide, a couple other toys that came out that time. 23rd of July, 1985, Marvel U.S. Transformers number 10 is published. The character uses the toy designs for unfinished jet form. It is called Jetfire. So in the comic, they go this way again. 27th of August, 1985. Marvel U.S. Transformers number 11 is uh, published. Character is still called Jetfire, but now is drawn according to the Skyfire model. So yeah, even they had a, um, a catalog, a uh, toy catalog for um, Britain. And even then, the um, the character was, it was, I think it was called a um, like Autobot Commander. So it, there was all kinds of like anomalous, weird things with the uh, the character the whole time. So here we are now. All right. Um, the, ca- the character is named Skyfire in the show. Fire. All right. Yeah. Fire in the sky. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. one was written by uh, Dick Robbins uh, and Bryce Malik, who we've we've uh, talked to a couple uh, we've talked about on the past uh, in yeah. the past. Um, uh, and, but also uh, Alfred Peagle or Peggle. Uh, this is a weird one. Not not as weird as old. Baron Douglas Booth, my favorite <laughs> Transformers writer. But uh, from what I can find, this guy did a couple of episodes of this, uh, a couple of G.I. Joe. Uh, that really cool show Cops from the early 90s. Do you remember that show? Oh, yeah. I remember that come with the BP Vest as the, uh, as the uh, I guess, the head of the Cops division. Was that his name? Yeah, BP, BP Vest. Vest. Bulletproof oh. Vest. 
that's oh god it's brilliant um no i i used to watch that show it was a little bit after when i should have been watching those types of shows i guess i was still you know like 13 or something like that i don't know maybe 14 15 but yeah it it came on at a time where i didn't have a whole lot to do so i would i would catch those episodes but um the only episode i can remember of that entire show despite having watched like all of it was one where there was a, a woman that was a cat burglar that had um she had like this lipstick she would put on and she'd kiss dudes and it would knock them out. Hmm. And uh, I don't know why it did knock her out though. Cause she has a, I don't know. A... Who knows? I don't know. Uh, but I, I like that show. I thought that show was really cool. Um, yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, about that a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he said he has a friend that uh, recently went back and collected every toy from that line. He, he tracked Ooh. down every toy from cops. Wow. I was like, oh, yeah, pretty cool. Well, man, um, you know, some people have the very specific collector stuff. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm glad that somebody's out there, is, you know, collecting that, uh, that kind of love. thing. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, so this guy, uh, Alfred A. Peagle, Peggle, mm-hmm. Peggle, um, from what I can find, this guy, yeah, he did this, he did G.I. Joe, um, a couple other uh, things here. But the, the weird thing is, from what I can find, this mm-hmm. guy was born in 1913. So oh. he was like 71. When he wrote this, hmm. so he he must have been pushing eighty when he was writing cops. Wow, what a weird thing! I and and I, I can't find any of their credits for it. So I, I don't know if he was like maybe like a staff writer for like old like uh, like old shows like sitcoms or whatever or like westerns back when they didn't really credit writers too much or something like that. I guess what could have been that's very possible. Like, but yeah, this guy was like, so I mean, you know, he probably started working in TV like in the fifties or sixties or something like that, mm-hmm. and just you know he he wrote for like. I, like uh, my three th- my three sons or something like, i don't know I, I i don't know i have no idea what this guy did you could who knows like dick van dyke show for all we know he, he's obviously in writing for uh quite a minute years but like you said they didn't really uh acknowledge him like they do now the big names they'll no. acknowledge they'll say oh yeah mm-hmm. he wrote on this show but not season well, staff uh, staff writers i don't think yeah got a lot of credit back then but yeah. i i like the big van dyke show that's a real good show you it know, is you ever, watch, you ever watch that Years ago, yeah. Oh, it's really good, man. I went back and watched it recently. It was real good. Um, anyway, let's see. Let's, let's get into it. Uh, yeah. So this is like, yeah. you know, someone. I think Jess on the Discord is asking us recently. If there's a Christmas episode. I, I kind of feel like this is kind of the Christmas episode. It's snowing. Being... I, we should have done this one last week because it was freezing. Yeah. The entire country was frozen for uh, for like five days, and uh, it was you know like negative eight degrees everywhere, including Florida. Florida was uh, was also frozen. Yeah, I mean, and really, I mean, we can like deduce the show happens in the Cascades in uh, Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. and snowfall is pretty common. But uh, you know, if this is happening inside the Willamette Valley area, going up through uh, you know, Washington State or whatever, um, there's it's usually sees less snow because of the mountain effect. But uh, so this is also July, so it's a little bit unsafe, out, yeah. But, yeah. Is a cactus common in uh, in Oregon? Well. Eastern because there's, there's a cactus. It was like cactus. It was to do a cactus. Yeah, uh, Eastern Oregon is a desert, but not really a desert like we think of it. So not really. No. No. Okay. Yeah. Jazz is disguised as a snowman here. <laughs> Pretty cool. Oh, is this? He says something along the lines of uh, something about there in a, a flurry in a hurry, um, which <laughs> reminds me of Scatman Carruthers. Uh, well, it's, it is Scatman Carruthers. Well, so I know it is, yeah. but he has a very. Oh, delivery, delivery. Uh, character yes yeah well it, yeah it's, it's something yeah like a bunch of snowfalls and uh and somebody says uh get the drift oh god oh, yeah. there are good I, I think my notes here it's a blizzard of dad jokes uh, it, that's that's accurate uh they have a snowball fight um that's... and uh somebody gets, gets hit and, and says that 
uh, snow fair. That's snow fair. That's snow fair. Yeah, it was real. Yeah, it was real. Like I, when I heard it, I was like, "Oh, that's dad joke level stuff." I wrote it down, and it didn't make any sense when I was reading it just now. Yeah, that's it weird. Took me three, it took me three readings to get the joke this time. <laughs> so um, I, I, I like this part though because um, it, uh, it 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 showed like a little levity with the with the Autobots, and uh, it reminded me a lot of um, in the '80s. The X Men would randomly have these issues where like the first half of the comic would be them like playing baseball or something like that. Yeah. And they would, uh, and I always really like those episodes or those they're not, of Yeah. They're not always having to go uh, run to the next emergency. Something's going on, but, yeah. but in the middle of all this, Optimus Prime is the downer, man. He's watching, them, he's, he's watching them uh, playing the snow on TV. Did you see, did you catch this? He's like watching them <laughs> on the villain screen. He's just kind of standing there. And, and there's a shot of like five or six seconds of him just like, just standing there watching TV, like he's not saying anything. He's just being real creepy and uh, talking about how dangerous this is, and perhaps dangerous. Now they care about global warming. Now the Autobots <laughs> come over to my side. Climate like, change, man. Climate? Yeah. So we'll yeah, uh, now they care about it. And uh, so there's yeah. another Autobot here. He's watching. He's watching like a primitive village on TV that's covered in snow. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be uh, down in the uh, the tropics somewhere. You know. Yeah. Valley or something like that. I, I yeah, Bora Bora. I, I, I don't know. I, like little like straw huts that are covered yeah. in snow. And uh, he's watching. He's just watching these huts on TV. There's nobody doing anything. He's just watching snow-covered huts on TV. It's a real boring show. <laughs> so yeah, and um, I can't remember. This is where they uh, they they're trying to figure out where the drain's coming from. I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself here, but they realize it's coming from the Arctic. Mm-hmm. So uh, we cut to the Septicons, and they are—they're uh, working in the snow. They're digging for this uh, energy source, which apparently is a green crystal. I didn't know that green crystals produce energy for the planet. A newsflash for me, man. Well, they also and apparently they, generate the, uh, the the warmth of the of the planet, also. Yeah. So now the Decepticons are sucking their their Earth's heat out to make to make energon. That's their new plan. So, yeah. but after 12 episodes of basically being Green Party hippies and researching <laughs> renewable energy, yeah. now they're just, oh, forget all that. We're just going to go full on Exxon. We're going to become Captain Planet villains now. And so I'm no, <laughs> long, I'm no longer a fan of these guys. Uh, I, I'm done. They're cut off because, like, I was on their side for this entire time because, uh, you know, I'm an environmentalist because I live in an environment. Yeah. And no. but, but now, like, I thought we were on the same page. Like and they they had some progressive policies and everything, you know, and I always voted for these guys, you know, for all the renewable energy. But now, I, now that that's gone. I, I'm like, I'm just gonna burn my Megatron jersey and put it up on YouTube. Like everybody, you like, have a Megatron jersey at a quarterback. No, but if I had one, I would, I would go burn it now. Like, Dude, I'm like, like, it's fine. It's fine. Hey, well, you know, like you know, it's every time somebody's uh, you know uh, trades your quarterback off, they have to go burn a jersey. Or something. <laughs> so that's that's what I'm that's what I'm gonna do now. Gonna yeah. So. so. Yeah, I guess all those classes I took on uh, natural resource conservation were all wrong. And uh, you, we don't have geothermal rotation, you know, producing a magnetic field and no, 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 no. producing heat from the uh, below the earth. It's just green crystals. It's green crystals. So uh, um, <laughs> they, they look real cool, though. Um, I like this. And, uh, and yeah. Once again, Rumble's an idiot. Um, was it like as a Skywarp starts you know, giving them crap about uh, being so slow? Mm hmm. So he's like, all right, fine. He starts going, going faster and, and harder until he basically caves in the, the, the cave. Uh, and so, but what happens? They find something, um, you know, kind of behind the ice. They can't quite make out what it is. 
so they get to digging out. They like Megatron has this kind of thing where he, he touches the ice. He's like, oh yes, it's big, it's powerful. <laughs> yeah, he can sense how powerful this thing is. Dude. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like, they, like, they, he's only the twirling his mustache almost. Oh, I know, yeah. I know, man. <laughs> so they, they find a robot. They find a robot for them, and that was pretty cool. Um, and that was it. And then they come, we come back to Optimus Prime. He has a cubicle. You see this? Optimus <laughs> yeah. Prime has a little cubicle. I, I'm, I, I'm strangely, you know, sympathetic with him now. Yeah, I, I, I work in IT, so I have a cubicle, and it's. Uh, I, I know how how tormenting that can be to sit in a cubicle. Day. Um, but then he just gets up and tells everybody, everybody transform. Because that's is like, <laughs> oh my god, there's energy coming. Everybody transform, and we're gonna go. It's transform. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, um, so they start. Like, of course, they're heading there. Um, I don't know how they're heading there. They're heading apparently. Is it is it the uh, North Pole or South Pole? I think it's closer to the Arctic. So it's going to be. Oh, be the, be the North Pole. So North that that, that, yeah, makes, yeah. that makes sense. So they're going to drive from uh, from Oregon to through Canada. The North yeah, Pole. yeah, they're going to go. It, um, that's going to take six days. Um, but you know it won't. But yes. Uh, no, but it's uh, so you know, like yeah, yeah. We go back and. Uh, <clears throat> So now he basically gives Skyfire a jump start. He uh what's he is he a million a million volts. Yeah. He's using a million volts. But I, I really like this scene though, because uh you know, people are like, oh, he's powerful. And Starscream goes, I know him. And he started getting this whole story of like Starscream before the war, which made me like him a lot better. So more than four million years ago, obviously, because you know, before they landed on the planet. Yeah. Starscream and Skyfire are explorers and scientists. They were scanning Earth with uh, when a polar windstorm came out and caused Skyfire to, to crash. Starscream lost track of him and searched for him, but lost him. So basically, he's looking for his friend for you know, days. He can't find him, and uh, so yeah, he um, he goes off and basically he's, he's uh, you know missing in action. They're old bros. He's his friend yeah. from back home. It's, it's, it's kind of nice. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, so as a little, a little, de- little quick detour here, so. A little technical info on how and how I normally work whenever I when I do my part of this. I, I normally have a desktop Windows PC and I watch the show and take notes. I have two monitors, and so I usually have the show on one screen and then I have my notepad uh, plus plus on the other. Um, however, uh, last week my PC died. Um, yeah, it, yeah, uh, yeah. It was, it was very old. It was, like, it was like ten or eleven years old, so don't, don't mourn it or anything like that. Um, not a huge deal. I'm waiting for some new parts to come in. Uh, to, to build a new mission, I got a couple of days, so I got you know staggered delivery dates and whatnot. So anyway, uh, so th- this week uh, I'm using my work laptop to uh, to take notes on, and then I'm using my MacBook Pro to 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 watch the show when I had I had a headset on it and all that uh, kind of stuff. So which a is is weird switching between two OSs like that, like on the fly, like, you know, I have a keyboard for one and a keyboard for the other. And that's really confusing. Um, but something I didn't really realize is that um, I have on my windows machines, I have a ton of ad block software going on pop-up blockers and ad block mm-hmm. software and whatever. And I watch the show on YouTube because Hasbro has it up on YouTube and it's, you know, it's free or whatever. So um, it's, I've never seen an ad on YouTube like in my life and uh it's this show is riddled with ads this is I, at this point in the show i'm on like my fourth ad <laughs> jeez it, it's it's almost unusable i don't know how you guys do this without, without ad block software because there's like pop-ups like on the screen while i'm watching like like li- like links to pop up that are like covering a third of the of the, of the video right, and um and it's just it was it was, it was insane and uh i'm like i don't know i don't know well i have it bookmarked on, on 
on YouTube. But uh, um, yeah, yeah, it was it was real weird. I was yeah, I I I didn't I didn't care for this at all. This is a viewing experience at all. So. Problems, man. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it was real, it was real bizarre. Um, uh, so yeah, there. Uh, so Megatron starts explaining who he is to, to Skyfire, uh, which was pretty cool. He's, he's going on about his. Uh, he, he is, but in the background, there's a jaunty little jazz tune from like 1970s TV that comes in. This is a real, real happy little tune going on. I, I like this little tune a whole lot. It was, uh, it was very cool. Um, uh, but yeah, and then Starscream, uh, you find out Starscream was a scientist, like you said. Uh, but now he, uh, uh, you know, through a conversation with Skyfire, he reveals that he likes being a warrior more than he likes being a scientist. So he's like the reverse mm-hmm. of the horrors of war story. He's like the reverse of like Captain Winters from Band of Brothers. He's like he's not going to go make a farm. He's he's burning his farm down, and now he's going to go fight. He's, he's going to be doing the opposite. It's kind of weird, but kind of but like you said, kind of cool. And I kind of like this aspect of uh, Starscream. I thought it was, I thought it was gives cool. him a, a better I don't know aspect of where he got where he is. But uh, yeah, the this word destruction doesn't sit right with Skyfire. So he asks Starscream if he's happier as a warrior and as opposed to being a scientist. Saying, you know, Starscream, like he said, he says, yeah. And one day yeah. he'll be in command and Skyfire will be his second in command. You know, Starscream is very much like, we're, I'm going to run things. And he doesn't worry about anything at that point. But he sees someone who he trusts for, you know, so that's saying a lot for a Starscream. So he says, you'll be my second in command. Just, you know, it's it's rough for Skyfire there because it doesn't understand why the war and just wants to you know please his friend. He's like, oh yeah, well you're you're my oldest friend. You're here, and that's what you do. That's what you do. Okay. So he's got almost kind of a Frankenstein thing going on here, like a Frankenstein's yeah. monster kind of uh, kind of thing here, um, yeah. which was kind of neat. But uh, it's also kind of telling that uh, Starscream, you know, he finds his old friend and then he's just you know he just puts him right into the, the takeover plans and just uh, he's like, I don't care about Skywarp and. And Thundercracker anymore. This this guy's my my new red man. So yeah, yeah. And I, you know, it's like once again, I think it gives um, Starscream a uh, actual good um, personality. You know, a motivational um, awareness. So it's what where he came from and where he's at now. So I like that a lot. Me too. So um, yeah, you know, there's another sad point after this where. Uh, the Autobots are, you know, they're they're out there getting ready to approach the base. Skyfire, you know, knows what's going on. He's been told what's what the the deal is with the war, and he uh, has this whole is. God, it reminds me of something. Um, there's a there's an old movie called Brother Son Sister Moon where the guy goes, he's wearing armor and stuff, and like you know plate armor. He goes, "This is my death mask with a, uh, the plate armor on." It was a very uh, like very moving scene where he just realizes like this is me as a killer. So um, brother son sister brother moon? son sister moon. I you know what I haven't seen it in years, but uh, I remember that part stuck out to me. Huh. So uh, yeah, he sees um he sees Yonawa's coming and laments that this has come time to make the transition from scientist to warrior. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of a sad thing, you know. He's like, all right, well, I've got to put that life behind me now. Yeah, um, yeah, that was kind of yeah. You, you tell he was conflicted too. Also, oh, yeah. as a side, as a side note, I want to say that I'm very proud of you for saying uh, plate armor there and not uh, using the incorrect plate mail. Mail? Yeah, no. Come on. Not, yeah. Um, uh, come on, man. D and D. Honestly, things. Green oh, mail, chain well, mail, plate armor. 
Well, chain mail is, is redundant because the word mail it is, but only it also, means, yeah. Okay. But you can't have plate mail because plate, because it's, mail only refers to to that that type of mesh armor because yeah woven mesh because, armor. right because it's it's from the Latin term macula which means fishnet anyway <laughs> yeah yes okay so uh, yeah he um there's the whole fight breaks out he's shooting at him and obviously he's he's pretty tough they're uh they're getting pinned down and um there's a whole thing where spark plug and spike of course are with him once again they're with yeah. him. Yeah, at least they have some uh, cold protective gear on them, some cold weapon gear, which is uh, yeah. good of them to think of. Um, Skyfire <laughs> has a really cool uh, double-barreled cannon, like a yes. Wing Gundam Zero almost. I, I, yeah. like this, I like this cannon a lot. And uh, uh, But he's uh, Skyfire's really easy to convince things, though. You know, he goes to pick up uh, Spike and Sparkplug, and he's like, oh, yeah, they get this debate about who's evil, the Autobots or the Decepticons. And, and, you know, they were like, no, the Decepticons are evil. And, Sapphire's like, no, the Autobots are evil. The Megatron said so. I'll take you to see him and we'll find out. <laughs> it was just real. He was real. Uh, He'll explain things to, to you. Yeah, it was. It was, was kind of. It was. It was very Frankenstein. Was, mm-hmm. uh, but so he's getting away with with them, and the Autobots are about to you know, like, well, let's just shoot this big dude down. And now Optimus Prime is like, don't shoot. We might hit. Spike and Sparkplug. Now they're concerned about friendly fire. Now, after twelve episodes, now they're like, "Oh, no, we can't shoot our own guys anymore." You know, man. you can. He's, uh, you sus, can kinda, he's sus, dude. I don't know, man. You can kind of read into it. Maybe he's more worried about Sparkplug and the Spike because he'll he'll shoot all around Spike. He sure will. He's like, yeah, I guess he. I guess he knows that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Sparkplug's a little more useful since he's uh, he's a journeyman, a crystal, a crystal miner, an oil rig worker, a truck driver. <laughs> You know, he's like and a, a tailor, jet, a jet mechanic, a tailor, a, a, a giant tailor at that. He can make clothes, Autobot sized clothes. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, yeah, so he takes him to Megatron, and uh, Megatron's pretty happy about this. And um, you know, Skyfire's confused this whole time. Starscream tosses them um, over in the corner and melts with his laser, melts bars. He makes an ice jail. Yeah, which is great. This seems like something you would have to solve in King's Quest or something like that. <laughs> like you have to throw the thermal pod at this thing to, yeah. get, the, to get him out. Um, that was pretty cool. But yeah, Skyfire once again he's uh, he's he's really conflicted here. He's like, hey, I told them they wouldn't come to any harm, and uh, he tells the rest of the Decepticons as much. And Starscream asks, who is he to offer safety to their enemies? Starscream mad. Yeah, and he reaches, Skyfire reaches in to help Spark plug in, like Starscream shoots his hand, like, no, 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 no. He slaps his hand away. Yeah, and, um, yeah, sorry. I, I like that, uh, what was kind of funny and kind of weird about this whole, this little bit, though, was that, like, all the Decepticons were in this ice cave, and, um, <laughs> but Skyfire <laughs> was outside, it was like, it's like a hole, and he's just kind of yeah. sticking his face to the hole, it was kind of like when, you're, like when your dog is sticking, the, you know, like, when you have your legs crossed and your dog sticks his face up through your legs to get like a sandwich or something like that. That's kind of, that's kind of what it looked like. You know, he just reaches his hand through his hole. And, hey guys, what are you doing in there? What are you doing in there? It, was pretty, it was pretty funny. And, uh, Can I come in, guys? No, you're huge. <laughs> no, you know, you're, too, you're too big to go in there. It's guarding. It's like, like a Hagrid or something is out there. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, so you can't fit, dude. Sorry. Yeah, um, you know, He's confused though because he doesn't understand since his function is a further science. You know, so... Once again, you have the whole idea with science versus yeah, war. Yeah, he's having a change of heart now. He's uh, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, you know, he doesn't think he wants to be a Decepticon anymore. Yeah. So, um, there's another little jaunty tune in here though that starts off almost like Day Tripper, like Beatles. 
Oh, I have to think about. So I can't. The, the, the intro, uh, yeah, the intro, which was, was almost, I was like, oh, that's Day Tripper, and then uh, oh, and then, but then it went into like a like a little jazzy, uh, like improv version of like the Transformers, like main, like the main theme. Um, Sorry, uh, I just for anyone to look on the YouTube, I I um I made the jalapeno poppers earlier, and I just rubbed my eyes, so yeah, the pain. Um, anyways, that's a, that's a real bad that's a real bad idea. Um, yeah, yeah, I did it earlier too. I didn't wash my hands enough. Apparently, I, I found uh, some more um, jalapeno oil or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, the uh, the Autobots though they leave it leave a quiet assault on the Decepticon base to rescue them, and Gear stops suddenly, saying he has a tingle that tells him something's wrong. Uh, and then, like yeah. he, Hound and Ratchet and Ironhide fall right through the ice. Fall through the so, ice, yeah. Right before that, there was a cool transforming scene, but uh, right. immediately in the middle of the transforming scene, I got another ad. Here and um, so uh, this time the ad was for uh, for stance socks and uh, so I know browsers like harvest data and all that kind of stuff but in this case that is the last thing that needs to be advertised to me as I talked about this in our Discord uh, group that I have a vast collection of socks you do and like to the point where it's spilled over to like I have two sock drawers that are full of, <laughs> of, of, of stance socks it's like I'm obsessed with these things I love them. Um, but like this should be the opposite. Like, like I am an ad for Stan Socks, and not they don't need to be advertising to me. I should. I'm like a billboard for these guys because I like I, I wear nothing but Stan Socks. So that, that was just a waste because like, they've already got you know like I, like I don't yeah, they don't need to spend any money advertising to me. So, um, but yeah, then we go back and we finish the transforming scene and they fall through the ice. And that was very cool. Like, yeah, uh, fall through the ice is a very good, very good trope of uh, of any ice based action thing. If the hint stopped, they wouldn't have fallen through the ice, but whatever. Um, so yeah, the work goes well. They're they're just trying to ride along, you know, harnessing the energy. Megatron sees Gears group and captures them and sends Ravage after the others. Uh, but they, which they, they stop him pretty quickly. And um, so here we have Skyfire after this scene. He's having serious ethical issues with executing the Autobots because he's basically um Megatron's, you know, I started to just jumped ahead a little bit. Mm-hmm. They had the, the four of them there, and um, Megatron's all right. Well, now I need you to execute them, you know, basically show your loyalty, right? And he's over there going, like, he has serious ethical issues. And um, so Starscream says, Hey, I'll offer you a second chance, you know, here, but if you execute them, well, everything will be fine again. You'll you'll be cool with us. You know, don't worry about, you know, how you we're even ground again, yeah, blood in, blood out, man. Gotta, yeah, yeah, so uh, but he won't do it, and Starscream mm-hmm. fires, you know, Starscream fire, fires upon Skyfire, knocking him out and fire it, and then he fires on the Autobots. Um, it basically they're all sitting there shocked by how Starscream's treating his friend because you know, that's obviously Skyfire's like, you know, he, he has ethics, he has, um, you know, I, I guess empathy. Uh, they're like, Where, how could you do this? So he shoots the uh, the 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 Autobots and the crystal you know, explodes and you know, destroying, seeming to destroy them all. Yeah. Um, it, like d- during this, uh, there was like, so, like a little inter- interstitial uh, part here of uh, Cliff Jumper rescuing Spike and Sparkplug. And uh, apparently his laser has a defrost cycle. Yeah. Good. Just foresight there. Just in case we needed it, right? Yeah. Uh, Somebody uh, gets threatened to uh, to get reprogram with a rivet roller, and which is uh, not a very efficient way to reprogram no. anything. No, I, um, it's almost it seems like an innuendo, but uh, yes, yeah, 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 it does, yeah. it does. Um, and we get the first reference to Astro Minutes. <laughs> We've been talking about Astro Seconds for a long time, and that's been the standard thing. But now, uh, man, they, they like somebody's complaining they've been wandering these ice caves for Astro Minutes, like 
which must be a real long time because we did that conversion a while back and we figured yeah, out um yeah, so astro minutes must have been it must have been like it's like when your son's like you know like oh dad Oh my god, I've been driving for six years. Like, like and like, <laughs> like really, like really, we're just going to like McDonald's or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, so you know, the commercial break pretty much happens right there. So come back and yes. Oh, I got, I got a lot of commercial breaks right there. <laughs> I, I, I got, I got a Best Buy commercial break right there actually, and Ooh. uh, and that's another thing that doesn't need to be advertised to me because I'm not going to, uh, I don't go to Best Buy. But um, the explosion here though was uh, was really cool looking. It was like a dark red and blue, like alternating, and it went on for a few seconds, and it just kind of kept going. It took up the whole screen. It looked really cool. If um, mm-hmm. those colors like together looked really good, and uh, it reminded me of a pair of uh, fat shoelaces I had when I was a kid. Like, you, you remember? You remember? <laughs> Remember yeah. fat shoelaces, Jeff, yes. when you were when you were a kid. Um, I had that same scheme. Um, nice, because like nine year old me collected fat shoelaces. Like forty seven year old me collects socks. Of course you did. Like uh, like I had just tons and tons of them. Like, I swear uh, you're like a little old man when you're you're a kid. No, no, these were like hip hop things. They were like uh, you know. Okay. Yeah, that, like yeah, no, I mean uh, like they were they were cool. Like you put them in, you know, you 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 uh, loose laced them in like Converse or like Pumas or Adidas shell toes, like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like a breakdancing thing. You don't you don't remember you don't remember these things? I don't remember they're that that you know. Oh Jesus! Big. I mean, I knew them, but maybe okay. Everybody, all right, everybody gets the Discord, so I'm gonna post uh, pictures of <laughs> of my shoes with fashion laces. In them. So, um, uh, but you know, really, at insult to injury, Starscream like walks over his friend after he's you know shot him. He's leaving on the ground, you know, to presumably die. He's like, all right. He walks over his old friend and leaves. As soon as he's gone. Um, you know, um, the reveals that Hound did this elaborate, you know, mirage or illusion. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find out that the Autobots are all fine. And they, yeah, yeah, they're all good. Yeah. So, but in Skyfire's relief, they're still functioning. And, um, you know, Hound pretty much says as much, but uh, they go over and they realize that he's not doing all that well. So mm-hmm. the Autobots try to repair him and uh, he seems iffy if he'll pull through, but Laserbeak sees all of this. And sends a message message to Megatron as happily twirling a cube. Yeah, oh, he's also uh, broadcasting with the concentric circles again, which is uh, which I very much like to see when he does yeah, that. Yeah, really cool because you know, it comes it's coming out of his face, and then it uh, you can see it kind of zeroing in on uh, Megatron as he receives the, the broadcast. I really like that. Yeah, it was it was like the Aquaman. Um, you know, it was once again the Aquaman uh, talking to talking to things. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the, the Seekers attack at this point. They just come in with this awesome scene of them coming and dropping bombs and shooting missiles, and it looked really cool. It was, it yeah. was a really really well done scene. And, and uh, Autobots are pinned down. This is really uh, like, I like this. Sky, uh, Skyward is going down. They sound like a Tie Fire. He it is, was the exact sound effect. Yeah, because and he got he went down because Optimus Prime decided they need more firepower, so he grabbed his trailer. <laughs> And had that little rover thing pop out of the back and just shoot. Yeah. It's like an anti-aircraft gun. Apparently, that's more powerful than Optimus Prime's actual cannon, which well, you know, established as is a superpower. Like, like to shoot a space like, three, like you know, weapons as far as like the yeah. transformers, the transformers you know, go. He can shoot a spaceship out of orbit, mm-hmm. but apparently, he um, he needs something a little uh, like I don't know. He needs the you know a cannon emplacement to take care of this. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it tracks moving targets better. Uh, well, maybe we should have a spaceship, though. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, Dude, so... okay. After this, though. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, here we go. Crystal sword fight between Prime and Megatron. 
It was good. This was so cool. Optimus Prime does this cool thing where he holds one of the crystals like a sword and he's spinning his his, uh, his fist around in circles and he's got like, <laughs> yeah. a shield. This was really cool. And these crystals look like the, um, they were green. They were glowing green. So they look like the crystals from Superman 2. Uh, whatever. He had. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, this is really so super cool. Yeah, this was a real cool fight. And uh, so it, it's it's like when you're fighting with like light tubes or something or like uh, like sticks when you're a kid and like somebody's, uh, you know, you, you block the one kid's stick when he goes to hit you and then it breaks it off at the handle. And that's what happens to Megatron. He's just got the handle sitting there. He's like, ah, ah, and, you know, Megatron or uh, Optimus Prime's got the full blown thing. So uh, it was pretty cool. Um, just when I, I like that fight beat. a lot. Yeah, just What's when it? he's beat, he sees Skyfire walking up like, oh, ho, ho. I got oh, you now. Okay. Skyfire pulls not one but two pro wrestling moves here. So, first of all, he takes off the Decepticon symbol and then he puts the Autobot symbol on. It's like he's quitting the NWO here and joining it's WCW. Wolf pack. <laughs> he is. He is joining the Wolf. He's, he's the changing wolf his his face makeup from, from Sting <laughs> to Dark Sting <laughs> to Red Sting. <laughs> he did exactly and then he then he went full speaking of the wolf pack he went full-blown lex luger picks up megatron and press slams him into a snowman <laughs> this was this rule he so treats cool. it like a rag doll too this was so cool oh man oh god this. it was this, this whole thing like and the, the reflector members are doing this weird standing on shoulders attack thing like three kids in a trench coat i was about to say they're doing the tall man they're gonna get into a movie next this was uh this was very cool <laughs> They're gonna go see a rated R movie. They're gonna go see Platoon after this. But uh, yeah, so then uh, there's a Star Screams coming in from above, and he's trying to he's trying to you know the air superior superiority thing. But Skyfire once again reminds him, don't forget, I too can fly, and goes and chases down Star Scream and uh, shoots him out of the sky, and um, and basically he also uh, sends. I want to say he he uh, sends Starscream down and he goes down as well because he can't. He's like, I don't know. Apparently, he can't fly in the cold. Was I, I, I don't really. Yeah, I didn't see him get like shot or hit or anything like that. He just crashed yeah. and he crashed into yeah. the into, into the thing the, where uh, they were. Yeah, where they were sucking out all the all, all the heat and everything, and that just deactivated and solved global cooling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, and so uh, you know, Autobots have a tender moment here, like remembering what he did, and and he's dead. And he's dead. Yeah, That's it. He's he's dead. But Optimus Prime says. He'll always be with us as long as freedom exists. <laughs> like, like what? <laughs> I know it was real. It was real. It was real weird. It was. Uh, it was really but bizarre. It, yeah, know. it was kind of this one of those things where uh, you know you get that you're not beholden to one side or the other. So that was kind of nice. But uh, yeah, that was the episode. I've been looking forward to this one for a while, um, most because it was very character driven and a lot. You know, for for a few major characters. So. What let me let me get your uh, your kind of rundown of what did you think of it? Okay, uh, this up was extremely cool. Yeah. I, I I like this one start to finish. Uh, to be honest, this is a great in- intro for Skyfire. Um, I, I even though that that's it's sort of close to the Dinobots intro with the whole like whose side are they really on? You know that whole trope, which I, I like that trope, and I, I like to see it when it when, it, when it's done well. Um, this was significantly different enough from the Dinobots thing that. It, yeah, uh, it, um, it, it was his own thing, but also it ruled. Uh, so it was a bonus. Um, it, uh, it, it, like we said, it kind of had the almost like the Frankenstein vibe of him 
you know trying to become cognizant or whatever like it's like he was he was so smart that he was he couldn't think on the on a normal level he was like it was i don't know it was a cool thing um he was an, he was a neat character as a dad i love dad jokes and uh like we said this uh this was full of them and there's something really great about cold related puns like i like i like, like 80 shows like love to do like anytime there was anything was cold you had to throw out cold related puns you know and like um you know uh, schwarzenegger ruined this and batman like he just absolutely just <laughs> ended. it was it was the end of uh old puns right <laughs> he's done um but uh there were so many in this i lost track of it and, yeah. <laughs> and i was track of, I, I was track of all i was like i just can't i can't process anymore of these uh of these cold puns and uh and i, I love this it was uh, it was good uh it was great uh my, my rating if um it's your first time listening. I generally rate these episodes twice. I, I rate them with a, with a kid brain, and I rate them with the adult brain. Uh, kid brain's gonna go four and a half targeted ads out of five <laughs> on, on this one. Loved it. Uh, I, I thought it, it was super cool. There was a lot of cool fights. They had the crystal fight. Um, uh you know like we had the intro of a of a new transformer that was a very cool transformer too is you know skyfire because you, you, you got the sense that he's he's special he's important you know like he's a, you know, he's a he's a new guy but not just like hey here's a bunch of new guys like dinobots this guy's one new guy he's uh you know he's like he's like a separate thing almost so i thought that was very cool um adult brain's gonna I, i'd have to go like three i'd have to go three uh three dead pcs from dried out thermal paste out of five um <laughs> and three dead cpus out of five um it was like dad me really, really fun with the, really cool with the dad jokes i i like this one a lot uh this was like it was it was definitely a good bounce back from the last uh from the last couple ones that we watched where it was like eh, it was kind of felt like a like kind of a holding pattern but this was felt like a, a new thing and so yeah yeah what you think um, actually, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, this may have other companies who go along, but uh, yeah, I, I liked. Um, I really liked the idea of them. Get, at least, like you said at the beginning, having fun. It's not just it's not one crisis to the next crisis to the next crisis. There's a sense of downtime. Um, I really liked the character. By the way, you mentioned um, this is something that's very much like um, you know what, what happened in the Dinobot episodes. Like you don't know what side he's on. The uh, the guy who voices um, Skyfire is also the guy who voices Grimlock. So Greg Berger, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah met him in person. Really, really nice guy. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so he um, he also voices other characters, but those are the two of the main ones he's he's voiced and he's known for. Um, but yeah, I, I like the idea of giving Starscream some backstory and characterization by exposition from a new character. So you see, there there's. The continuity of their life before them fighting it wasn't always a factional thing it was uh they one at one point they were just scientists explorers so i like that idea I mean, you know, it gives it it gives it a like a it doesn't give it that complete cartoon trope you know car, every you know afternoon cartoon fodder as i like to say in the intro and uh, i felt a little more lived in of, a, of an idea so i really like that a lot and this is this is going to be the one of the ones i'm going to give uh uh, five green crystals swords Ooh. out of uh, five because I, nice. I man I always remember this one and I come back and I watch it and like man you know there are things sure it can be better but if I'm comparing it to what we've seen so far and how much I like it I, I, this is like top for me 
I can't think of much that really could have been better with this one uh, to be as far as like you know being good and not just being yeah. you know, like a, like a fun one to watch you know because like there 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 really weren't any like animation flubs or anything you know to to pick on um, because yeah. you know it like it, you know I, I know that we we pick on those you know the animation things sometimes yeah b- because it was like we said in the end that one that episode that was really boring that it was just nothing happened and there, and there was there were no animation flaws in it so we didn't there wasn't anything fun to zero in on like it, like even when the good ones have animation flaws you know you can kind of you can kind of look at it and be like oh haha, look at that that was silly but yeah. you know um i think that having no animation flaws or, or no far, farmed out animation in this one really just enhanced it you know it, just, it made it uh, made it a lot better and kind of um solidified it as being like one yeah. of the Kind of one of the cornerstone episodes of the of the series, so yeah, yeah it, was, it was great. Yeah, yeah there's a, I mean, that's then there will be a few others that actually hit this for me, but this is one of the ones I always remember. It's always very good. Um, I mean, maybe it's because the guy writing was say, in the seventies; he's already written a lot of good TV. Who knows? Maybe, but, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe he didn't. Maybe he just they found him on the street. Maybe he was like yeah, some bum. Yeah, um, pull him off the oh, train. The whole uh, this whole thing. I'm going to go into a little tangent here for a second. Okay. The reason why I like it so much. Um, the whole idea of Starscream remembering when they're explorers and scientists. There is an episode of one of my favorite shows called Exosquad. Um, there is at the at the ending of the series, I'm not going to give anything away for people who haven't watched it, but the the show's main villain, Phaeton, um, which um the names are very significant, but I'm not gonna go into that right now. Phaeton, he's the uh he's the, the ruler, the um the emperor of the uh, Neo-Sapien order, the uh, basically a uh, slave race created by people. He uh, talks about times when um, before the war, he goes, I was, you know, I was happy once he, he gets, you get an idea of like, he was like, I was in, I was called to do a, a uh, talk at the university of Chicago. And you see him like walking and sitting and just enjoying a nice peaceful day in a park. And you get the feeling like, okay, he's not just twirling his mustache all the time. He has times where he's actually been more than just the villain. And I like those parts in these shows because it gives characters depth. And this did that for Starscream for me. Starscream is a much better character because of this episode. So that's why I give it five out of five. So that's that's why I feel about it. Um, right on. Right yeah, on. man. Um, so yeah, the end of the uh, season one is a little bit of a jumble. I think uh, I want to say Heaven Metal Wars next. Then so, yes. there's going to be Fire on the Mountain. And then there's going to be a plague of insecticons. So uh, yeah, you see where this is all out of order. The you know, Skyfire is already in the show before this, but that was the introduction episode. So, anyways, um, so yeah, we mentioned the uh, Discord a bit. Um, I will once again drop a link to the Discord in the show notes. Um, if you want to get hold of us, um, it is edhatestransformers at gmail.com or more than meets these guys at gmail.com or both of them because that'll be he and I. Um, and uh, yeah, any anyways. Um, Anything else that's in the um, show notes you want to take a look at, take a gander at. There's a, a Facebook page. There's a Twitter, all that sort of stuff. So plenty of ways to get a hold of us, talk to us, hang out with us. Because I can tell, I, I can tell you that Ed and I are generally checking Discord daily at this point. Now, uh, now that now that we know how to use it, yeah, exactly. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> Yeah, um, so, uh, yeah. yeah, and yeah, no, we love and we love hearing from you guys. So, and if uh, and also, I meant to say earlier, um, talking about subdivisions. Uh, if, uh, if there's anything you guys want to want to hear us talk about, drop us a line. Let us know because we yeah, we'll be glad to yeah, throw some suggestions there. And hey, so, uh, um, uh, oh no, go ahead. I was gonna say, uh, Jess, there is your Christmas episode. Kind of. <laughs>
<laughs> so I looked up Greg Berger uh, real yeah. quick, um, and uh, he did voice. He did voices for uh, Mazinger Z and Gigantor. Uh, that was pretty cool. But also, he was in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> I don't doubt it. That's great. Like the That's cartoon great. or the movie? The movie. He was in the original movie. Oh, dude! I got to find that now. He played Sergeant. <laughs> Nice. Um, that's he's very cool. Uh, yeah, uh, he's he has a ton of uh, of credits. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, he was in Toxic Crusaders the movie, which I'm a big fan of Toxic Avenger. That was that, Toxic Crusaders was the cartoon. But yeah. he's got like just bizarre, like all over the place credits. Uh, he also, including, um, he has a he has a credit on WWE Raw. Really. As corn as corn fed pig. <laughs> from, from, what, from what I can from what I can gather, uh, from what I can gather here, he uh, there was a crossover episode with uh, Duckman. Remember that cartoon Duckman? I do remember Duckman? He's corn fed pig. Oh my god, it's great. Yeah, um, that's great. I love that pig, show. Yeah. Um, I don't. I, I barely remember that. Uh, oh, he was in an episode of Night Court also. I don't doubt it. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, Man guilty of littering. <laughs> I'm sure there's a pun in there from uh from the Judge Stone. Uh, yeah, All right. Like, yeah. What, yeah. What a yeah, what a great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was. Yeah. He wasn't Duckman. Okay. He was. Uh, yeah. He was corn fed pig, oil dump worker. Wait. Uh, Melrose Plaza announcer. Wait. Wait. He was corn fed pig. He was. Uh. He was basically like the the straight man for uh to Duckman. He was like the uh the the pig who was always there, kind of as uh. He was the guy who was very serious, where Duckman was an idiot. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, he was actually, oh. if that's true, I think he was one of the main characters in Duckman. Oh, that, right. was, that, was a, that was a great show. It was a really great 90s era adult cartoon, like Adult Swim style. Yeah, that, that, that show was a little ahead of his time, I think. Is he, was gar- he, was, he was in Gargoyles, too. Which was, uh, which I don't doubt that. Yep. Um, all right. Well, we can go all day long about talk about his long resume. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna list every credit. Because. Yeah, I, I knew you would. <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and call it here, man. Um, everyone, thanks for being here and joining us with us. So as, as we ramble on like a couple old nerds, um, Ed, do you want to take us out with some sort of quote today? I'm too darn big to sneak around like this. Skyfire. Skyfire. Yep. There you go. Gotta, gotta keep it top. Gotta keep it topful. All right, guys. Thanks everyone for being here. See you next week. Roll out.